It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you are. Today, we are going to talk about something that affects so many employees over the course of our careers, and sometimes it affects us more than once. If you have listened to some of the past episodes, you might know that in my day job, I have been practicing law for 20 years, and I have learned and observed a lot during that time. Today, I'm going to talk about this personality trait that I have observed to be what I call the deceptive category, the deceptive career killer. That personality trait is pride. What does pride look like? Maybe you did one or two really great things at work. In fact, you thought you were fantastic. Other people in your company may even agree. Your boss may have recognized you. Your coworkers, somebody else may have given you recognition for this great thing that you did. And perhaps since then, you may have been riding on that victory. Since then, your ego may have deceived you into believing that you are fantastic in other areas where maybe you're just okay, right? So there was that one time with that one customer where you fixed that one problem and the customer was tickled to death. Since then, you've been doing customer service, riding on the coattails of your success, and you have been slipping maybe a bit. You haven't been as friendly to the customers that have come. You haven't been as patient because why? You should have better things to do, and when is that promotion coming anyway? You might have refused to take on other assignments because you felt like you were above them. Or maybe you felt like you didn't want to start over with another project when you felt like you had nailed the last one. So, for example, let's say that you um, managed to walk into a situation that needed to be turned around and you were able to turn around the business or turn around this aspect of the business in a way that was really impressive. Your boss has since asked you, to go to another, maybe another division, another location, another department, another something, and do the same thing over and over again. And now you're thinking, what? I don't want to start over. After all the work I did, oh, no. And by the way, my bonus relies on how well I do. And now that I'm doing well, I don't want someone else to walk in and reap the benefits of all the work I just did while I go away to start over and make less money? Are you kidding me? That's an example 
of what that might look like or feel like. Uh, Or maybe your performance is not that great and it might have been declining in the eyes of others. Even worse, because you have deceived yourself into thinking so highly of your own performance, maybe you have now become kind of difficult to work with because you keep refusing to do stuff. These are the things that happen when we are victims of pride, the deceptive career killer. And by the way, if you're thinking about things like this, I would suggest that you visit uh, the website, my website, speedway.com, and you check out a pair of shows. One is called Beware the Wicked Whisperer, and the other is called Conquering the Wicked Whisperer. The Wicked Whisperer is the one who whispers things to you that cause you to exhibit these kinds of negative behaviors, pride, um, and all of the things that go with it, insubordination, a sense that I am so much better than where I am now, the idea that I am so much more brilliant than my boss, I could do his job with my eyes closed. The idea that, boy, they should just fire all these wretched people and just let me do the work because I am that effective. Those are all, I would argue, signs that you have been listening to the wicked whisperer and he is getting the better of you. So go check out those um, shows and beware that wicked whisperer who's going to be suggesting all sorts of crazy things to you that might not be true, and they might be true only in your view. So how do you avoid the trap of the deceptive career killer? The first thing I would recommend, and this is something that most people don't do very well, be self-aware. Here's the thing that I want you to remember. The one person who has the highest opinion of your work as an employee is probably you. The, we are, as employees, the best performers in our own minds. And unfortunately, sometimes we're not the best performers in anybody else's mind except our own. That's a problem. Your opinion might have legitimate reason, but sometimes what happens is that We, as employees, become so filled with our own sense of achievement that we don't realize it may only be focused in one particular area. We are like that high school or college football player who had one really excellent game, or I'll even give him this. He might have had one really excellent season, and he has done nothing useful since then. Many years after he graduated or dropped out, he's in some dead-end job but cannot stop talking about that one game when he scored that one amazing touchdown or that one season where he completed more sacks than any other player in the history of his school, and that is all he is. That is all he has ever been, and that is all he ever will be, the one-touchdown wonder who can't get over how wonderful he was in that single moment, and that single moment has passed 
so long ago that nobody else cares except him. And so with your I am the greatest mentality, perhaps you stop doing everything else you should or you start refusing to do what you're asked to do because it is, in your opinion, beneath you or you feel like you have already proven your worth and there's nothing more that you need to do except focus on whatever you have chosen to do. You might have even convinced yourself that your boss is an idiot and you can do his job much better, thank you. You may also have been sitting there waiting for your promotion and only to find that the company doesn't think your performance is nearly as wonderful as you do. And in fact, for your insubordination and general uncooperativeness, they would like to escort you to the door. That is the extreme situation on some days, but it does happen. And, you know, sometimes one would think that if it does happen, you would have your moment of clarity then. But no, it's easy to listen to that wicked whisperer and still be in denial about your bad performance or even lackluster performance. And you look for other things to blame it on. That's when you start thinking, well, gee, it must be because I'm over 40. Maybe it's because I'm a woman. Maybe it's because I'm Hispanic or some other minority, right? That's oftentimes what happens, and I want you to give that some thought. For many employers, it never gets to the point where they are looking to escort you out the door. At least we certainly hope it never gets to that point. But the bottom line, is that while you nurse and lovingly cradle your perhaps unrealistic ideas about what you believe to be your own great performance, you may be denying yourself your next promotion. So how do you get to the next promotion? Well, we're going to talk about that. The first thing I would suggest in order to stave off the wicked whisperer and the deceptive career killer of pride, first thing to do is be self-aware. The way you're going to be self-aware is to seek the feedback of others. Seek the feedback of others about your performance during the year and have a 360 and encourage people to be candid about your performance, especially in the areas you need to improve. Now, you might be thinking, 360, what is that? Well, uh, 360 basically is, stands for 360 degrees. And 360 degrees is the idea that you should obtain feedback from all of your stakeholders, above, below, beside you, in front of you, behind you, in order to get a 360-degree picture of your performance. If your company has leadership competencies, take a look at them and figure out what ones you are most strong at and which ones need improvement. If you haven't had a, uh, if you don't have annual objectives, measure yourself against your ability to get them all done effectively. Just write them out on a sheet of paper 
doesn't have to be fancy, but it will at least give you something to look at and mark yourself against. You have annual objectives. Be brutally honest with yourself at the end of the year. Always better for you to say worse things about you than your boss. I personally do not believe that going into your boss's office and asking for a promotion is effective. In my view, if you have to go in and ask, you're probably not going to get it, either because your performance is not where it should be, which is why you haven't already received it, or because there may be other business reasons like company performance or the fact that someone else is in the job that you want. These things may make it impossible for you to get it. You might be thinking, well, where is your next promotion going to come from under those circumstances? And the answer is simple. If you are truly performing, then the other company is going to pay you to come and do the job someplace else. Or maybe you might get a promotion from a different department. But in order to get that first, you have to do the work. You have to put the time in. Too many people think that if they get the promotion first, then they'll work. It doesn't work that way. First you've got to work, then you do, uh, then you get the promotion. Now let's think about other ways that we can overcome the deceptive career killer. You can make yourself indispensable. How can you do that? The first thing to do is to recognize that you will never be indispensable to an organization. I heard a saying once that I thought was so true and I've never forgotten it. And that saying is, the graveyard is full of indispensable men. Think about that. The graveyard is full of indispensable men, which is true. You should always remember my name. And you should always remember why I am indispensable to the organization. That's what you're going to be thinking on most days, right? So first, understand that you're not, whether they remember your name or not. The second thing is, you know, and, and, and if you don't believe me, think about it this way. Think about the last person who walked in and quit, the, whether it was because they were leaving town, they were moving, they got a better job, whatever. Think about the vice presidents who have come and gone in your organization, the partners who have come and gone, the bosses who have come and gone over the course of your career. Some of them were good riddances. Some of them were not. But the company is still standing. The company will go on without you if you're not there. And in fact, to the extent that you do become a very valued member of your team and they're feeling exposed, then they will probably hire or train someone else to do the job you do and give them the life that you give them. The second thing is recognize that you serve at the pleasure of the company and that you are there to fix a problem or more than likely a series of ongoing challenges. And the fact that you fixed on something particularly well 
does not mean you spent the rest of your career celebrating that one thing and doing nothing else. You need to be amazing at your job. Find ways to be amazing at your job. But above all things, make sure you stave off that deceptive career killer and never lull yourself into a sense of complacency and an idea that you are all that and a bag of chips and how lucky are these people to have you there because oftentimes they may not feel the same way that you do about you. So that brings us to the end of the show today. This is the USA. Go in peace and stave off the deceptive career killer. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.